Welcome to the Calamity Vault. On this podcast, each month our group of players is going to run through a new tabletop RPG. There are literally thousands upon thousands of independently created RPGs out there that just don't get enough love. So we're going to read all of them, play through them, give a little review, and hopefully draw some more attention to them and their creators. The first RPG we'll be covering in the Calamity Vault is called Kingdom. Kingdom is an RPG made by Lame Mage Productions, games from the brain of Ben Robbins. It is a GM-less RPG, meaning that no one particular player has to run the game. The wonderful thing about Kingdom is that it is a game of communities. What kind of community you create, what kind of story you wish to tell, what kind of tone you want to have is completely dependent on you and the group of people that you play with. There's no standard setting, no standard characters, no classes, and a very minimal set of rules for actual play. Of course, half the fun of playing Kingdom is actually building the kingdom itself. For this first episode, we're going to focus on creating our kingdom and establishing the various influential people in the kingdom that we will be playing as. So let's get started. Does somebody want to do the honors of reading the first page in Kingdom as we all are meant to read it out loud? We should all read it in unison together. As we, we should not do that. So good at that. that would be oh my awful. god. <laughs> That's insane. Audio poison. I can do it. I can do it. Add, add some suitable gravitas, if you please. Okay. Kingdoms are all around us. Groups are stronger than individuals. In a kingdom, we can work together to do great things. But we may not agree what path our kingdom should take or what it should stand for. Can your vision of the kingdom work with mine? Can everybody get what they want? Because if you are part of the kingdom, it makes demands on you too. You're pressured to do what it thinks is right. The question becomes, do you change the kingdom or does the kingdom change you? We make our kingdom together. A kingdom is the game term for the community or organization that's the focus of our game. Any kind of community works, and we'll decide what kind of kingdom we want to play together. Our kingdom could be a frontier town in the Old West, a colony ship crawling toward a distant star, the teachers and students of Sunnybrook Elementary School, or a literal kingdom. Each of us will play a character who is part of the kingdom. The kingdom is what ties our characters together. It is the center of our lives. And watch it burn. The game is about seeing what happens to the kingdom and the people in it, how the characters change the kingdom and how it changes them. As players, we all have equal authority to influence the game. It's up to each of us to push the kingdom in directions that we find interesting. What will our kingdom do? What will it become? Will it burn or flourish? Will it stay true to its ideals, our ideals, or will it become some twisted shadow of our dreams? The kingdom's fate is in our hands. So step one, what is our kingdom? Do we want to come up with something on the fly or start from one of their kingdom seeds? Or like eyeball thoses? I think we should eyeball the kingdom seeds and then go from there. Cause yeah, I, I, I think like last time we had started with like Eshbal the Door of Hardship uh, and then sort of went, hey, let's like expand off of this into something else uh, and have like our quasi-Byzantine. 
That sounds good. So where are there? They start at page 105 in the PDF. Banana Republic. <laughs> the store? I would love to run a Banana Republic franchise. But run as a Banana Republic. I we are we are the interpersonal <laughs> drama of like one department store. Uh, Honestly, that sounds hilarious. Um, that sounds great. <laughs> so are we feeling what vibe? Are we doing real world? Are we doing historical, sci-fi, fantasy? Well, let's flip through. Um, we have the uh, colonial state of a banana <laughs> republic, which I think is probably not what we're going for. Although it did give us uh, the idea for a retail store. <laughs> which is a strong, that that's a strong option. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally have a lot of brand loyalty to the store Banana Republic, and I think this is a great opportunity to get sponsorship money. Are you Banana <laughs> Republic girly, Emily? <laughs> I'm such a Banana Republic girly. Back before COVID. think I've ever been inside a Banana Republic. I went shopping to Banana Republic with my mom because she was looking for stuff. Yep. <laughs> I've seen the bags, but I don't think I've ever been in the store and I have no idea what they sell. I got I got all of my office wear from Banana Republic because it was like you work from home. The pre-COVID <laughs> Emily's pre-COVID office job. Oh, okay. Now I'm in, I'm in my cut-off jeans. <laughs> this yeah, this is this is beige clothes for white women. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like perfume. <laughs> it's a clothing store. The, all the perfume smells like bananas or uh, a Republican government. Republic? And nothing in between. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're, you're forgetting the Roman Republic perfume line. I... <laughs> There's the Banner of the Black Serpent, which is... That's interesting. It's like a mercenary army that's been settled down. And, and... I'm not really feeling that one. I'm honestly right. not really feeling so, historical. So. Like I could do like modern or fantasy, well, like sci-fi, but none, uh -huh. none of these okay. historical ones are really calling to me. There's uh, not Battleship Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Uh, Battleship Orion. Oh, a ragtag. Ragtag fugitive. Ragtag fugitive fleet. I, I know you love a ragtag group. We love a ragtag. One might say that we are a ragtag group. <laughs> <laughs> well, we certainly can be. I think this huh? this one gives us the most uh, opportunity to have like an alien level romance horror thing happen. Wow, maybe romance, Maggie. Yeah, <laughs> the alien is beautiful in her own way. We also in are alien. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I do enjoy some sci-fi theming, so that, that yeah, could be good. Yeah, yeah. I, I also enjoy an alien horror. <laughs> Alright, so that's on the list. Cactus Flats. It's a Wild West sort of I am, situation. I'm a sucker for a Western <laughs> in a specific brand. I also love a Wild West. I, I do like a Wild West myself. In the dusty sun-baked frontier of the old west, the measure of a man is the measure of his gun and his horse 
and his hat. I am waiting for Inevitable to, to, to finally put out their doomed cowboy Arthurian RPG. <laughs> that sounds very good. I, they describe as a, your, your party of disastrously sad cowboy knights fails to stop, stop the apocalypse. <laughs> that sounds very fun. Uh-huh. I would love to see a retelling of King Arthur in the Wild West, but like after Arthur has died. Mm. We could do that, but I don't know Arthur in mythology. Yeah, me neither. Uh, well enough for that. I mean, I I know BBC's Merlin. <laughs> Does that count? We could do BBC's Merlin, but Wild West. <laughs> I think if we were going to do an Arthuriana game, we would want to have, like, a little bit more planning for it. Yes. I agree with Maybe that. Maybe a couple lessons. We would need... <laughs> yeah. Okay. But we can keep uh, the cactus flats in mind. We can, yeah. we can keep the Wild West. We can also do a sci-fi Wild West. Cowboy Bebop? Firefly? Mandalorian? Mandalorian. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> uh, there's the Daily Sentinel which is you are at a dying newspaper company in the age of online news. For the newspaper, that is too, like, my um, job. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'm going to say no to that one, please. Too relevant. <laughs> There's the Eye of Osiris, where you are an exclusive fraternity of high society elite who fancies themselves occultists. Oh, we joked wildly about doing this before we settled on the door of hardship. Uh, you're something. like Alistair Crowley types. Uh, <laughs> yes. And like Alistair Crowley, you too can get kicked downstairs by Yates. Uh, <laughs> it would it would be fun to play as like like stupid high society elites. <laughs> I also just had the thought: What's the the ship that Dracula came over? Oh, the Demeter. The Demeter. We could do a Demeter, like we're all sailors on a ship crossing the Atlantic and there is a monster on board somewhere. I I like the idea. I like that idea because I also like the idea of being on a literal ship. I mean, spaceships are very fun, but the fact that you also have like this, like being isolated in the sea is a very fun idea to me. Or like Arctic exploration on a ship. Like the terror, like the, the other TV show. Yeah, the terror. <laughs> I have not watched it, but have consumed purely through gifts. This is very fun. I, I will say, I know you want to you wanted to move away from the the sci-fi on this. That's fine. But as a quick note, there is a delightful anime version of Count of Monte Cristo that is basically in space, um, and it, it very vampire heavy theming going on with the count. It's recommend it to Wait, anyone who wants. What what is this called? It's called Gankutsuo. Uh I can I can throw it in the chat. You should do that. I can Please remember how do. to spell it. Oh, there's a scenario here that is I you know, we're not playing as the D D community, but like we're playing as the D D community. Grottos <laughs> <sighs> and Griffins. <laughs> Uh-huh. Roleplay a toxic D and D group as a D and D. Someone, group. someone is playing <laughs> as Watsy. I... <laughs> well, that's extremely meta. Um, you could also there's also the gods, like literally pretending to be the gods. Oh, they do have something on here for a a ship. Admittedly, it is 
it is the Age of Sail and Cannon, where where Plague is as a British ship facing dangers within and with and without, including enemies of the Crown. My gosh. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. The Age of Wooden <laughs> Ships and Iron Men. The Age of Iron Ships and Wooden Men, which is what we're in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kids Television Workshop. Um, I don't know about that, mm. but it's very cute. I just read um, the Jeanette McCurdy autobiography. I'm gonna pass on this one. <laughs> That's fair. Oh my god! After oh, your after your Victorious binge. Well, I wasn't binging Victorious. I was doing the Sam and Cat video. Um, Z, do you know Quentin Reviews? Mm-mm, I don't. He's the guy that did, like, the 13-hour Victorious video where he watches every episode of Victorious and does, like, a, basically a review longer than the show itself about it. Um, and it's an amazing 13 hours to watch. Um, this followed up his iCarly one, and now he's on Sam and Cat as, like, the ending of this miniseries that he has. He passed 24 hours of footage, by the way. Um, but... Yes, I am watching. I did watch. There's part three coming out to Sam and Cat. The video's not done yet. <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. No, no, you're, you're, oh, this you're is your defunct thing. land. <laughs> I also love defunct land. You also land. do love defunct land because you have good opinions. I can't. <laughs> I can only watch a video if it's more than an hour and a half long, apparently. <laughs> There's the wildlife refuge in Africa. Sounds a little There's depressing. Lost in luxury space. Lost in luxury space. Ah, the, your cruise ship has gotten lost in uncharted space, but you are on vacation. I. <laughs> I can combine the high that. society and the sci-fi. That has potential for some pretty good characters mm. across the board. Mm-hmm. It, that is very fun. I do have a pitch for wildlife rescue that I still don't think we'll do, but would be fun, which is playing the animals. So Madagascar. Yes. It's a Madagascar game. Oh, no. I did not see, I did not see Madagascar. We can only do that if we play the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> You are penguins in an African safari. (laughs) Penguins in Africa? There are penguins in Africa, yeah. Not in the safari parts. Perhaps not. I think. Not that I've ever been to Africa. I have been attacked by a penguin. (laughs) You were attacked by a penguin. Uh Uh-huh. Several. Well, penguins are very hungry creatures, you see. And you look like a fish? I was at SeaWorld Camp and they took us into the penguin thing. And they were like, you gotta wear these big, long rubber boots because they're gonna come at you. Um, Uh And the only time, the only time the penguins see people really is when they're being fed. And so they bite you. They jump on you and they bite you. Flesh-eating penguin. <laughs> this is what SeaWorld creates. 
Kingdom game, you are the flesh-eating penguins that have escaped from SeaWorld. <laughs> or Kingdom game, you are SeaWorld, you need to manage your PR as flesh-eating penguins have escaped. That is our primary Our wreaking havoc in Florida. I want to say that being the flesh-eating penguins that escaped from SeaWorld is not something that Kingdom seems equipped to handle. It's not really a king. It's more like a honey heist. <laughs> Yes, it's 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 honey heist or it's trash pandas or it's sexy battle wizards. It's a great one page RPG. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I agree with that completely. Um, it would be an awesome adaptation of some variation on honey heist. I think specifically. <laughs> okay, we're, trash I'm pandas would also work. The... I will. I will we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna put this okay. on, the, on the future. I'm gonna put table. this in the in the system vault. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, we could flesh be flesh eating penguins. Flesh eating sea world penguins. Specifically, SeaWorld penguins. I feel like this is important information. Yeah. Yes, because then it takes place in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> oh God! Most cursed place. We on could Earth. be going to all the different. You guys could come down. We could go to Harry Potter World. You guys could come down to Orlando, and then we could play it in person in Orlando if we really wanted to. In SeaWorld. In SeaWorld. Sea <laughs> we could walk around SeaWorld playing this game, and I'll wait, have the time of my life. Emily, I think that's LARPing. Wait, wait, yeah, I was going to say, are you suggesting that we LARP flashing <laughs> Yes. We, we should definitely, if we did I that, we would have to dress up for the occasion. Not not necessarily in penguin costume, yeah. but all like black and white of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. It's a black it's a black tie event. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, okay. Okay, there's uh, a lost there's... Roman legion. <laughs> I don't think that this is the group for that. No. I there's no. the future mech police. Uh there you could be space terrorists. Mm. Santa's workshop. <laughs> we could be elves. <laughs> We can kill Santa. We have to episode. save that for another time, yes. Um, that would be a fun Christmas episode. Okay, so our main things that we have... The main things that we have marked down for consideration later, now that we are... Do we have more of these after this? There's a there's a uh, there's one, a, I assumed we weren't going to do it. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. Okay, so the ones that we marked down for further consideration are, are Battleship Orion, which is our... our Ragtag fleet, our cactus flats for our western, our our eye of Osiris. Uh, we have the uh, the non non book, uh, but still certainly possible Demeter or Terror type situation. Uh, we have our lost in luxury space version, and we have our sci fi arms dealers. I would also like to circle back to the department store. Yeah, the banana republic and, and, and the department yeah. store. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that speaks to someone? Particularly, conversely, is there anything that you particularly don't want? I was just going to say of all of those, I would probably eliminate the Western mm. at the moment. Um, but that's just me. Go ahead, Maggie. I was going to say some of these are slightly similar and could be combined if we really wanted to. Yeah. Or like maybe we just like, kind of like one better than the other already. Um, like, between, like, the, the occult socialites with the Eye of Osiris versus, like, the, the sci-fi luxury crews, like, you're both playing 
like probably wealthier characters who might get it. You're playing wealthy, wealthy assholes. Yeah. It's just a fair. Yeah, you're playing wealthy assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of something we could either combine or um, kind of just right now pick one or the other over like. Which one would you do over the other one? I, that said, the concept That's of true. ship occult society is completely bonkers. I kind of love it. <laughs> it, it certainly yeah. would go out of like kind of out of control, which I love. <laughs> I yeah, I I am going to say, I I think cactus cutting off cactus flats is probably reasonable. We'll we'll get our sad cowboys eventually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I am going to nix starfall. I think I'm just not that interested in the in, the, in weapons dealing. <laughs> That's fair. At the moment. Yeah. So, back to what Maggie was saying. It does seem that we have two vibes going right now, which is rich assholes fuck around in whatever environment they're in, or uh, people on some sort of ship struggle to survive against all odds in the abyss. Hmm. <laughs> Or, or, the, or the department store. store. Or the department <laughs> store, which I would argue is kind of a mix of both. Uh-huh. Yeah, department stores are struggling to survive against all odds. Yeah. <laughs> and they contain rich assholes sometimes. Yes, but and they contain rich assholes sometimes. God, the department store is very good, though, huh? <laughs> These all sound fun to me, and I would be willing to do any of them. I do think... Uh, rich space assholes. It's kind of appealing to me at the moment, but genuinely, I, I will have fun on any of these. So then are, are we leaning towards idiot rich people vibes? I think that seems reasonable. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do idiot okay. rich people. Okay, cool. we, are, we are lost in luxury space. Uh... Or are we Eye of Osiris? I like luxury space better than Eye of Osiris. Okay. Are we are we trying to deliberately mix in Eye of Osiris vibes though into our Lost in Space? That might be something that people note when they start making locations and characters. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody all could pick be. Some of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody could be the head of an Eye of Osiris. Someone may have started kind of a group. secret society on our cruise ship. <laughs> on Lost the cruise space. ship. <laughs> Because you can't have super wealthy without secret societies. You put them at a ship together, they have to have something. It's like it's like enrichment for them. I, they, look, they can't they can't reconnect to all of the stuff that they were doing before they went on this cruise. <laughs> they need enrichment <laughs> in their enclosure. <laughs> uh, okay, so the the summary on this the luxury cruise ship Intrepid Princess, though we may name it something else, suffered a catastrophic hyperdrive malfunction, hurtling the vessel and all her passengers and crew into uncharted space. But why let a disaster ruin your vacation? After all, if your cruise ship malfunctions and you are lost in space for months or even years, aren't you technically still on vacation? You paid for a cruise. Until the ship reaches its destination, you are a passenger and guest of the cruise line. So have a tropical drink, soak up some artificial rays, and relax. Swim in the zero-gravity pool. Dance the eternal night away in the Grand Nebula Ballroom. Play shuffleboard. What about fixing the ship? Finding a way back to civilized space? That's a job for the crew. That's what they're paid for. The kingdom is the ship and everyone on board. That includes passengers and crews. Successfully finding your way home would, of course, end the game and dissolve your kingdom. <laughs> this is great. It's perfect. 
Okay, so we customize this now. Can I say uh, Astral Swan is a very good Astral Swan name? It's perfect. Uh, Astral Swan it is. All right. <laughs> Done. So the accident that threw the ship off course happened... I, I think it should be pretty recent. Like, I think a few weeks is, is fine. Yeah. We're all settling into a new routine. Yeah. yeah the new the... routine's just the old routine. At least for the wealthy patrons. Yeah, yeah sure. And the crew yeah. is just realizing that this is only going to get worse for them. <laughs> I'm, like, stuck between wanting to play a wealthy patron and a crew who's realized that they have total job security right now. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should do the latter. I, yeah, I, I am I am hurtling a little bit between like passenger it was completely deranged and like the the equivalent of like an increasingly frazzled manager. Uh, so here's the thing about cruises is that every cruise has a cruise director who is kind of like the MC of the passenger experience on the cruise. That is one of the suggested characters oh, shit. here. Oh my god, yes. Cruise director, yeah. And so they are the ones that, like, every literally everyone on the ship knows them because they run all of the events. And you cannot walk anywhere without people seeing you and trying to interact with you in a parasocial relationship. It's, I, it sounds like they might be, they might be in a power role. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we need to pick We've decided what our kingdom is, and we've customized it to our liking. We now need to choose three threats. Okay, the threats that are listed are, we're running low on tropical drinks, boredom, madness, not enough crew to run the ship, so passengers are not getting timely service, or... The ship's critical systems are in danger of failing. And these are not these are these are threats that we will be thinking about over the course of the longer game, but they won't necessarily be unless whoever is doing our first crossroads sort of picks something that directly interacts with one of them. Uh won't necessarily be tight focus. Hmm. I feel I, like we defo gotta do boredom. Yeah, I was gonna say boredom. That as definitely well. <laughs> would lead into lean into the occult aspect of like people trying to fill their time with something, so they summon demons. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like uh -huh. boredom. I like the passengers aren't getting timely service, mm. and yeah. then and then the ship's critical systems are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but two of these are much more important uh -huh. to our. Yes, I I yes. will admit, uh, based on our based on our alien. Uh, reference. I see the appeal of madness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can we do more than three? Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Like I, I feel like madness could come or up organically. Maybe madness <laughs> could come up organically. I am good, but I am good if we want to go boredom and like crew problems and critical systems. I feel like the madness is baked into the rich assholery. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. I. I, I will also say, I do think that, like, the fact that there aren't enough crew to run the ship and that the critical systems are in danger of failing are, like, intrinsically interlinked as well. That's fair. Like, because we keep diverting crew to passenger entertainment, uh... <laughs> 100%. Our ship's engineer has learnt to juggle. <laughs> they won't let him stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the madness! Dark. 
Uh-huh. Okay. I, the, okay. the engineer jingled miserably across the floor at Severance. <laughs> All right. So each player describes two places in the kingdom where characters are likely to be found and interact. These will give us places to role play uh, later in the kingdom. So you can choose ones from the list or you can uh, make something up. Yes. And theoretically, we each do one first and then we go back around to do another. I feel like there has to be a location where the crew hides. Mm. <laughs> the break crew um, maybe is what like you're talking a, about. Em- yeah, an employee lounge, but it's like really sad. I have they have they bunkered it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um like They've sharpened all of the steak knives from the, you know, main eating hall, and they have them stowed away. Uh They've started, um, you know, barricading the door of broken beach chairs that the guests can no longer use. So is this the employee lounge? Yeah. (laughs) What? We're a few weeks into the trip, the, the, the being lost in space, and they've already barricaded the door. They're getting the jump on this. <laughs> well, they've it's... done the math about how much food is left. <laughs> uh-huh. it's, it's where they is... all sleep like sardines Hold on that. the floor. Is food, is food a concern on the ship? It will be eventually. I think this is going to come up during our uh, crossroads. Do we have, because... like, a repl- replicator thing, like in Star Trek? I feel like we have a food printer, but there's a difference between, like, printing Soylent Green or Nutrient Bars mm. and printing, like, a filet mignon. And, and, you know, we do have a food printer, but we only have so much, like, printer filament, and it's going to take more to do. <laughs> um, the crew okay, are so already my... eating Soylent Green. <laughs> my suggestion is... A like, you know, like the grand stage where they would do shows and like magic acts and all that sort of thing. An, an auditorium, perhaps. Yeah, an auditorium. Uh, how much use is that still seeing, or how regularly well, is it seeing use? The issue was people have been uh, dissatisfied with the shows just repeating themselves, so. Uh, a, <laughs> I like the idea that a famous director who is on board has decided that he is going to uh, produce his masterpiece um, using the uh, the cast and crew as cast and crew. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm still trying to come up with a name that I want for this, but I would like there to be just a super, super swanky kind of bar, like very very fancy drink serving place. The quality is actually not that good, but it like has the opulent imagery. It's very, you know, over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, twinkle, twinkle, little bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. I love it. <laughs> I, I can just imagine like the neon sign just says twinkle, twinkle. With a name like that, I'm imagining they serve drinks that are named like Hair of the Dog Star or something like that. They have like, to oh. 
they had to <laughs> reserve electricity, so it just says Twink Bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Twink Bar now. <laughs> it is Twinkle Twinkle Little Bar, but it's just Twink Bar. Are you Good. going to the Twink? I low-key kind of want to add an omelet station. In the bar or in general? In general. Just an omelet so, station. Do you... Okay. <laughs> yes? Uh-huh. Is this a mobile omelet station? Or is there a room with the omelet station? Like, is this part of a galley? Can I can I vote for the mobile omelet station? I kind of like the mobile. I like that. It's just this like, guy with that. a cart with a mobile omelet station. Oh, see, I That's thought it was going to be like one of those grocery store robots. And then there's a guy whose job is omelet guy. He's the omelet guy. It, it was once. It was once the jump drive engineer. And now passengers <laughs> just go, "You there, omelet man." But... <laughs> That way, no matter where you are, you can always incorporate the omelet man into a scene. It's true. <laughs> Just walks up on the scene. <laughs> I think I'm going for some sort of like top deck entertainment area. Like we used to, if if there wasn't weren't things to see in like the Starfield, we'd like project imagery of of exotic locales. Uh, we have our tanning chairs out. We have artificial sun. Uh, is this like a hollow deck or a pool area? This is closer to a pool area. Okay. For that, is that zero G pool? With like a screen, so that it could be like like transparent. So if you wanted to look out into the sky, then yes. But if you don't, then it's like yeah. Somewhere. I'm I'm like. I'm like comboing the uh, the horizon deck and the zero G pool there. I like it. Is there I like a pool it. with water in it that we could start drinking if we run out of water, or is it just zero G? I mean, you can. It, it's a it's a pool that's in zero G, so it's just like a giant sphere of water. Honestly, that is at this point filled with weeks of urine. I was thinking about <laughs> the fact that like. If a zero-G pool is just still, which is water, like, you're kind of, like, when you're swimming, you're kind of already in, like, zero-G, just a little bit. Mm. It's a marketing statement. It is a marketing statement, primarily. <laughs> I, I think, you know, they've tried to, like, make it a little bit, like, fancier so that we don't see that it's just a marketing statement right away. And so, like, there used to be, like, colored lights and what have you that you could sort of, like, shine through the water and sort of caramel dance in it. Uh, I, I know it's not listed as one of our threats, but another threat could just be running out of chlorine to deal with the amount of urine that's in the water. <laughs> People sort of are starting out. getting dysentery from the... The zero G swimming pool. No. no. <laughs> um, okay, so mine is going to be. Uh, th this is leaning into the alien stuff, like the the Warren of different uh, small tunnels and like service routes inside mm. the ship that the crew are having to scramble through to try to fix the problem that has arisen, and maybe. There are certain people who seem uh, not to have been showing up to uh, roll call in the mornings after this accident and some concern over where they might have gone. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have this crew. 
That's one of the reasons. Certainly not because someone is flaking on their job because there's nothing that their manager can do about it. Uh, maybe on brand with this a little bit. Um, I'll steal what I think I saw a second ago. Steal sort of an idea and change it just a touch from the hole, which says during an accident, the section of the ship simply vanished. I don't think anything vanished, but I do think that somehow in the accident, uh, a segment of the ship, just sort of in the middle of it somewhere, uh, sealed off. Um, and everyone thinks different things about what's in the sealed part of the ship, but no one has been in there that we know of uh, since. That is very fun. I'm kind of caught, I'm kind of caught between two. So maybe I can get some input. Um, I want somewhere where the cultists can meet because we have to. So I'm imagining like a very dark academia library that Mm. they have like custom built into the ship. Or we could have a menagerie filled with animals from other planets. <laughs> See, I was going, to, I was thinking that it's the holodeck, but they've like put it on the program of the Dark Academia Library and they meet in there. None of the books but are like, real. To the crew, they, like the crew who like there's a guy on the crew who has to operate it obviously so he just sees a bunch of these people standing in like the empty room going <laughs> yes that's uh-huh. much better okay holodeck dark academia library i i think i am using a mine for like the like combo information desk entertainment checkout this is simultaneously, like, we would like to see the movies in the ship's library, and someone needs to keep track of who has them. Uh, but also, like, people will, will just go, like, you there, we need to, we need this cru- crucial information, we need it now. It's like, I turns to just, like, the pile of films that they've not put back on the shelves. Uh, I like that this is an information desk slash blockbuster video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> sci-fi blockbuster (laughs) if we're gonna have the issue of critical systems are failing partially because we don't have enough crew to man them um perhaps we need a place where those critical systems are failing Mm. Um, perhaps like engine room but like something have you guys ever seen like the orville it's like a it's like a parody of star trek right um and their engine room is more of like a research deck um, so it's not as grimy. Um, I was kind of thinking of like something along the lines of like a ship health and status room. <laughs> what about a command deck? Command deck would work. Yeah. Just something with like lots of blinking lights and where something like smoke could start coming out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Okay. So we have our locations. Now we move on to our characters. Characters. Yeah, we want... Step one is deciding what your role is. Then your your who are you. Two places you'd be found. A wish or a fear. A personal issue that's holding you back. And then we start forming bonds to each other. So we should go over roles first. Uh, if we're choosing the different roles. Yes. So power is first up first and very straightforward. 
Uh, actually, wait, no, we have a we have a thing we can read about this. Yes, there is an out loud part. Well, actually, pardon, it's where I'm supposed to read one column and then pass it to the next person to continue. Uh, Let's go in our alphabetical order. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Kingdom in a Nutshell is about Crossroads. Uh, uh, well, we don't have this yet, uh, but we, we've we got our kingdom and we've got our characters. Now we're going to play to see how our characters shape the kingdom and how the kingdom shapes them. As players, we're going to confront our kingdom and our characters with Crossroads, critical decisions the kingdom must make, decisions that may change the kingdom forever. Does the kingdom invade its neighbor? Does it outlaw the new religion? Crossroads are the major arcs of our game. They are the chapters of the story we are making. It's our job to make crossroads that push the kingdom and the characters into territory that interests us. Never make a crossroad that doesn't interest you. You might even introduce a crossroad that your character dreads, but that you think would be interesting. Scenes and cards. Before we see the final decision the kingdom makes about the crossroad, we'll take turns creating scenes and role-playing them together. We'll explore the crossroad and see what our characters think and do about it we might find out the situation is a lot more complicated than we thought. Each of the three cards on the table is a countdown. On your turn, you get to pick which to check and move closer to completion. When all the boxes on a card are checked, we'll pause and play to see what happens. When all the boxes on the crossroad are full, we play to see what choice the kingdom makes and what the consequences are. When all the boxes on the crisis card are full, we'll see whether the kingdom survives the crisis or is destroyed. Characters may flee the kingdom. When all the boxes on the Time Passes card are full, there is a break in the action when our characters can rest and reflect. Months or years will pass. When we finish a card, we start a new one. Each role gives you a different way to influence the kingdom and the crossroad. Perspective. You can predict the consequences of picking different sides of the crossroad. It's your job to show us what's really at stake. Touchstone. You decide how the people of the kingdom feel and what they want. You can instantly define the kingdom and show us how the people react to what is happening. Power. After seeing those consequences and hearing what the people want, you get to decide what the kingdom actually does. That doesn't seem fair, does it? Only the power gets to decide what the kingdom does? No, it isn't fair, but it is balanced. Power makes the choice, but perspective and touchstone determine the consequences. Challenge and overthrow. Eventually, someone is going to do something to the kingdom that you don't like. You can do something about it. You can change your role if you want a different voice in the kingdom, or your old role doesn't seem like a good fit anymore. You can challenge another character to stop something that they, they do or establish. If power arrests someone, bust them out of jail. If Touchstone shows that the people are angry, give, them a, give a speech to calm the mob. But if challenging them isn't enough, if you want to stop what another character is doing with their role entirely, you can overthrow them and take their role for yourself. Storm the capital and take away their power. These options are listed at the bottom of your roll card, but be warned, nothing can take a player out of the game. A character you usurp just picks a different role and keeps influencing the kingdom in a different way. Take away someone's power and they may return as perspective and predict a dire future. Uh, so, so just to clarify, if you are playing uh, a character whose role is power, uh, if you are in a scene, you can use your authority to make the kingdom do something to another character, throw them in jail, give them a raise, etc. Uh, you can also give orders that are only carried out if the crossroad result you specify is chosen. Uh, and then when the, we hit the crossroad, we deci you decide if the kingdom says yes or no to it. Your decision is final unless other powers disagree or power is taken away from you. Uh, perspective, uh, you can predict the consequences of the crossroad. Uh, declare something will happen if, if a particular outcome is chosen. 
And when a crossword is resolved, you can decide if your prediction comes true. These are accurate by default, but things may have changed enough that you no longer think it should happen. Uh, Notably, if you if you make a prediction as perspective and then change your role, uh, that becomes out of your hands. That will happen. If you are the, the touchstone, we know that your attitude is the attitude of the people. Uh, but then on your turn, ordinarily, whoever is running a scene uh, is the one to check the box afterwards and decide if this moves us along our crossroads track, our crisis track, or our time passes track. The crossroads track is default. Uh, but if you are the touchstone, in addition to that, after playing your scene, you have the option to check Crisis if you think the kingdom is going down the drain, or erase a Crisis check if you think things are calming down. Well, I'm interested in being a touchstone this time. I've only ever been the power or the perspective. I'm interested in being the perspective. I'm thinking of perspective or touchstone. Um. I might jump on power. Not not really sure, but I feel like it could work. Uh, I think the last time that I played this, I, I did power, so I would appreciate not having to do it again. Maggie, it seemed like you were interested in, like, being a member of the crew. Yeah. So it, we could both do touchstone, but I could do touchstone for the, the um, passengers, and you could do it for the crew, if that... Yeah, we could do that. Okay, okay. so, that, so that if I... If you want. So I would likely get to perspective then. What about a charlatan? What do you call someone? A charlatan psychic who does like just a psychic, psychic readings of people. Charlatan yeah. psychic is just a well, psychic. a fake one. That's so well, it's just a psychic. So. As opposed to the real psychic. We're in space. There could be real there could psychics. Be real psychics. <laughs> that is what you tell the passengers. On. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm thinking of, which I feel like I've kind of talked about already, but as a crew member, probably someone young who um, has probably been in and out of like low wage jobs. And this is just kind of another one on the list and um, is basically like at first the job seemed like it paid pretty well, but then they like started taking all the stuff out of your paycheck for room and board. Cause you also are living on the cruise ship. So you're actually making like less than minimum wage at this point, because you know, of the, the, the food and you know, the sleeping corners, you know, luxury sleeping corners, stuff like that, which is a, your bunk bed. Right. Um, and hated the job, but is stuck here with everybody else on the ship because you know, you're lost in space and has just become very disillusioned with um, doing a good job. I am going to play the director. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know... What, what, uh, what, just to, be, just of... to be clear, this is, the, this is the play director and not the cruise director. Correct. <laughs> oh, the author. Yes. I thought you meant cruise director. No, 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 no. no. The, the auteur. <laughs> Stage name is Delight Starlight. <laughs> because I love it. David Stearns was taken by another member, and in order to... You, your, your name registered with SAG-AFTRA has to be uh, unique. Like, like in horse racing? Yes, like yes, in most So he chose Delight Starlight. Um, 
you know, it's it's been a couple years since he had a really successful project. And he's sure that right now, here in this crucible, this is where art will be born. So I'm imagining like a, a late 50s, uh, old Hollywood type who's, who's trying to bring it back. I think... I think my character started as, like, a passenger but has defected to the crew functionally in that, like, I I think he's, like, somewhere in, like, middle age, upper middle age even, and was doing, like, accounting or something like that and is, like, recently, recently widowed and just went, you know, no, I am, I am quitting my job and going on a cruise that I am like using when I've got to like go on a cruise I am taking some time to 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 rediscover myself and what have you and then all of this has gone has gone uh, so so terribly wrong and he started going okay all right how much fuel do we have how much food printer filament is there everyone here wants to be entertained but I, you know, perhaps accountancy wasn't so bad. Surely there are other people out there that I could form connections with. I maybe would I I would like to go home. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you mention a widower because I was thinking of playing a widow, um, uh-huh. <laughs> a very recently widowed character um, who perhaps in whatever accident uh, lost us our drive and sent us out here into no person's space. Um, I I think is lost their husband and is now having the time of their life um they they were very quiet before but now they are always at twink um and enjoying themselves and reveling in the entertainment um and you know maybe maybe spreads rumors around just for fun just to see what people do with it um and i i think uh i think i'll make her name lady iris astor rose and emily i didn't hear yours I am a charlatan psychic. Oh yes, I I'm, I'm quite I'm quite prominent in the the upper echelons of our planetary society, and I have come on this cruise to provide my services uh, for those who are living in luxury while traveling. And I give readings to everybody on the. Uh, on the on the on the ship for for reasonable prices, of course. I'm looking for a stupid name. I can send you. I I probably still have that old money name. <gasps> yes, please do. Please give me the old money name list. I think as everybody makes all these very fun and expensive sounding names, I think my character is just gonna be Jim. She, her, just Jim. Uh huh. <laughs> Love that for her. <laughs> Forgot how stupid these names were. They're so stupid. I love them so much. Everyone who listens to this and has any of these names can feel real called out. Okay, yeah, but if if there's somebody out there named Mrs. Leffert Leffert's Buck, um, that's not our fault. <laughs> that's not our fault. <laughs> that's not on us. Yeah. I to all to all the guys Burt Beef rooms out there, we apologize. <laughs> 
Dr. Vanderpool Tillinghast Adrians. That's it. That's, That's the winner good. right there. Lucretia Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That is very good, yeah. That is very good. I'm caught between Lucretia Dangerfield and Algernon Marscapone. <laughs> oh, no. That's... Oh. I think Algernon Marscapone is... <laughs> <laughs> extremely, Algernon Marsicapone is extremely powerful. Uh, I would also like to note that, like, Algernon, like, meaning wise, is like remarking that you're like mustached. Uh, <laughs> I I love that. I, I'm just thinking of the. If you're gonna do Algernon, you have to have a mousy figure. What if I have a mousy figure and a mustache, and I'm also Italian and really a fan of sweet Jesus? <laughs> and also a charlatan and psychic. And also a <laughs> psychic. <laughs> me and the omelette guy are really tight because he gives me my mascarpone. <laughs> That's such a cheese for an omelette. Yeah, I, I, I think I have the much more regular name of just, like, Fisher Corbin. But I was thinking that the om omelette guy, uh, if you two get along, definitely has like a special now that's just like uh, the with mascarpone. It's like the tiramisu omelette. Uh, <laughs> it just has little shavings and chocolate on mascarpone. There's no lady fingers involved, no cookies or anything. It's just. It's terrible. No one else orders yes. it, it's only you. It's Chocolate shavings, and he pours, like, a little bit of espresso on top. Yeah, yeah. Or, actually, the espresso could be just on the side. It's always served with it. Um, <laughs> For dipping. But <laughs> I was going to say, but what you do with it, I don't know. <laughs> That's so nasty. See, there, I was I, I was thinking of having my locations being Twink Bar and Dark Academia Holodeck, but the omelette <laughs> bar is tempting. The mobile omelet station. <laughs> Delightful. Um, I, I'm thinking about locations, and I'm a little bit not sure, but I have a proposal and other people can make other suggestions or come up with other possibly helpful ideas. But I'm thinking that uh, Lady Iris Astor Rose spends a lot of time at Twink and probably spends a lot of time over by the sealed deck. Uh, a place where oh, very few people go. Like, the sealed maybe, deck. Maybe we turn up there from time to time. Maybe she's writing a mystery novel in her spare widowed time. And this is the perfect inspiration. That could be. I'm, I'm sort of torn between something going down a mystery-ish route uh, along some line like that. And also just maybe having it be that maybe she collects, you know, the word on the street at Twink and then... Maybe if you want to know some secrets, you come by the sealed deck and you hear some things about the ship. I kind of like the idea of just a rumor monger, as it were. <laughs> yeah, no, that's funny. But because she's because she's power here, I like I, I, it. Seems like what happens with rumor with her rumors is that like they just have like people will just do what what she suggests. <laughs> yeah, I I think like. The people just believe her, um, mm. and it may may or may not always be accurate, but um, you know, re results in both people maybe believing certain things than maybe acting on them. 
boredom is one of the main threats on the ship and gossip is a way to counteract boredom right yeah people exactly. are eating it up doesn't matter it's if it's true way. or not yeah i'm not sure i'm gonna pick the employee lounge for one of my locations but i'm not sure if my other one should be the service tunnels or the twink bar because i like both ideas of like getting around in the tunnels but also just goofing off in the twink bar all the time I see. I I think that Fisher is definitely can be found at the status deck uh, desk. But I was also I was also going. You know, okay, maybe he's found somewhere fun. Is he at Twink? Uh, <laughs> are we all at, at Twink? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to emphasize that these are not like the only places your character can be. It's true. These are just like a place which you can easily look and say, oh, I want to meet this person at this place because they're already, they're always at that place. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I think Fisher is at either this, it can often be found either at the status desk or at like the promenade deck, but in like off hours, like it's him and the caramel dancing lights shining on the, on the zero G pool. Uh, and he's just sort of like sitting on a deck chair underneath it. <laughs> Uh, ah, so so the wish or fear state of the wish or fear your character has about the kingdom's future. A wish is something you hope the kingdom will do or become. A fear is something you dread. Pick something that you want to explore and play. Your choice tells the other players what issues you want to see the kingdom confront, whether that's building towards something wonderful or fighting to prevent something terrible. No two characters can have the exact same wish or fear. You're allowed to have a, a wish that is exactly the same as someone else's fear, though, or vice versa. Your wish or fear cannot be about a specific character. Uh... It's so like, I wish to be the CEO or I wish to be rich are both illegal because they're about you, not the kingdom. I wish the kingdom would make tons of money is a perfectly good wish, even if you're wishing it because your character wants to be rich. My wish is to document the events of this cruise in a thrilling drama and win a Stella at long last. Uh-huh. And my fear is the ship will never reach its destination and my art will be lost. So is, is that wish not too centered on yourself rather than the kingdom mm, that fear does the fear is is accurate the wish how about this then um oh, you don't have to have both a wish and a fear it's a wish or oh oh really yeah state either a wish or a fear i want to do a wish how about for the events of the cruise to be exciting and oh, no. dramatic enough for me to document them and win a star. Aha. Uh -huh. That is a chaotic wish. <laughs> uh, this might play too closely to having boredom already in the picture, or maybe not, I don't know, but I was thinking I might wish that the kingdom will grow more exciting by any means necessary. I think Fisher is, I think Fisher is afraid like excessive petty passenger concessions will prevent the kingdom from mobilizing in time to fix everything anything thereby like consigning everyone to a slow death of resource scarcity and blame circles. Uh, oh, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> yes, Jim's fear is that we're all just going to be stuck on this ship forever and ever with the absolute worst people that she's ever met. Do you have a personal issue? And they have a personal issue that holds your character back. It could be a personality flaw or a difficult personal relationship. Pick something you're interested in playing. Your character would probably be happy to get rid of their issue, but as a player, it should interest you. 
It's not about outside forces stopping you. This is something about you that sabotages you. If it's a relationship, it's a relationship. You cannot bring yourself to sever, even if that would be best for you. I think Jim feels deeply unsatisfied with their life up until this point, but neither has the will or means to really change that. I think Fisher's issue is something along the lines of, like, he can come up with, like, versions of the future and such that he wants, but he's perpetually, he perpetually gets sort of, like, stuck on the path of how to get there. Fisher is an ideals guy. Like, you go, hey, perhaps I would like to go out and meet new people, etc. And then he sits down at his, his, at his, like, dining room table and goes... Right. Step one to meeting new people. Uh, <laughs> leave the house and go somewhere. It's it's okay, go somewhere. Where? And there's sort of just a long pause. And he's just sort of... I love Fisher so much. And then stays inside. <laughs> he, he went out to the bar once and was like, oh, I don't like this very much. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very overwhelming and the music was loud <laughs> too many people and he didn't know anybody uh-huh. someone asked him mm. if he was okay <laughs> oh no <laughs> he just like he slightly overdressed for the bar did he make the mistake of wearing a button down I think he wore a tie I <laughs> <laughs> I think that Lady Iris uh, is desperate to be liked, um, but doesn't really believe that anyone actually likes her. She's very insecure about this. Um, Part of that is uh, maybe she has some secrets that she doesn't necessarily want everyone on the ship to know and that uh, she wouldn't like to come to light. Um, And I I have an idea for what what that secret or secrets might be, but... Yeah, actually, I've got a pretty. I think I. I think I know what I want it to be. I have, I have um, a question about the lady, um, and you don't have to answer yeah. this, especially like right at the beginning. But if she does so desperately wants to be liked, but she solves this problem by spreading gossip, which definitively does not make people like you. Is this something that she realizes but just can't make herself stop? No, no. So the the problem is uh, gossip does make people like you. The person you're giving the gossip to likes you a lot in that moment, typically, often. They don't like when you gossip about them, though. Um, And I think that she gets a certain degree of satisfaction off of the active gossip. um, And maybe doesn't realize that part of the reason maybe people don't like her is because she's absolutely going behind them and then gossiping about them, too. Um, But, yeah, I, I think maybe some people haven't, you know, become the the focal point of this, but I, I, I don't think she realized that this is a problem per se. Um, but whenever it comes up, I think probably thinks to herself like, well, that person doesn't really like me anyways. <laughs> and goes ahead. Are we to relationship time? Yes. I think so. Okay. It's got to be a connection to characters to your left. It could be a personal relationship or the way your duties in the kingdom require you to interact. Your family relationship could put you at odds. What do you need from them? Discuss it with the other player and make sure it makes sense, etc. I think that in a moment of weakness, after like shortly after the 
the hyperspace accident. Fisher Corbin actually went to Algernon Marscapone for guidance. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> for psychic guidance? For psychic guidance. Okay. So one thing I will say about our our different characters is that um, my, my wish is that um, people society will break down around us and I will emerge as the yes. uh-huh. yeah as the leader um and you yeah, kind of have the fear cool. that that will happen so I feel like we're enemies mm-hmm. but in the past I did help you I think it's a bit of a complicated relationship because admittedly this is also like shortly after the hyperspace accident happened like this was like yeah this this was like day two how do you how does Fisher feel about having gone to Algernon for guidance, are they ashamed of it now? Are they, do they regret it at all? Do they think that he was wrong? Or do they, they think of it as a positive experience that helped them? I think that this was like, absolutely done in like a moment of weakness, like seeking some source of stability. And now like after the fact like, he feels like he read his horoscope in the paper and took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, rude. Uh, <laughs> but also very good. And then I have an outgoing relationship to Delight Starlight. So Delight and Algernon have compatible wishes. We want things to be interesting around here. Mm-hmm. So I think that... You want society to collapse. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. It would make a great movie. I can just see it now. The Lord of the Swans. Maybe they get together in Twink Bar and talk about movies together and trade ideas for how to keep things interesting on the ship. Okay, okay. Movie buff. What do you think, Jack? Slash idea man. I like this. I like this. Maybe he sees like, oh, you know, I don't have a writer right now, but you can, you can do some of the the writing, the creative design. Yeah. So I have a I have a propaganda horn essentially. Yeah. I, I have a question about Algernon real quick on this. Um, does Algernon believe that yeah. Algernon is a psychic, or does Algernon know that he's not or or is he i i don't know is algernon a psychic either way either way does algernon believe it (laughs) algernon does not believe he's actually psychic but algernon does believe that he is right and it's not wrong for him to pretend to be a psychic because it'll make people listen to him okay I, I, I guess I, I still have a follow-up then to this, which is, yeah. when you say you think you're right, does this also apply to what you tell Delight Starlight about movies, not just in the writing sense, but in terms of, like, predicting something, since this is your propaganda horn for the crew and the people? I think his goal is to be able to say that something will happen and have it come true. Like, he wants to be a reverse psychic, <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> Um, so I think that he is telling Delight to put things in his plays that will make people act in a certain way or make people believe certain things. 
Does that answer your question? So in a way, you sort of, like, you you need delight to get your ideas out there. Yeah. Delight is another method in which I, I am, like, trying to puppet master the passengers. Uh-huh. Through delight's kind of terrible plays. Yeah. Well, maybe they're good. The play, the, the play isn't maybe. out yet. It's true. The play is not out. And I think that delight just sort of... You know, a lot of people in Hollywood experience spirituality in very different ways, and it's it's good to to hear from those different people. And you know, people are kooky. I believe from our order, Delight has an outgoing to Jim. I would love to hear what you have in mind, Jack, but I also have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea as well. My proposal is that. Delight saw you uh, when you were doing one of the like menial jobs around the ship and thought, there, I can make her a star. This is undiscovered talent. <laughs> I need to cast her as the central character of this docudrama. Jim is Delight's okay. muse. I love this, and this has to be why the employee lounge started to get barricaded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this leaves me um, with Lady Iris Astor Rose. So Jim is kind of an errands, errands girl, you know? She just kind of does odds and ends jobs for the ship. Um, and I think this includes being the lady's note passer, basically, that when she wants a message to get out across the ship, she'll, she'll, she knows that Jim won't tell anybody what's in the message. She simply does not care what's in the message. Um, and it will eventually make its way to where it needs to be, even if it doesn't happen right away. Excellent. I, I like this very much. Do you think Jim is doing this as like, you're like, you're like taking out the newspaper, as it were, to the ship, like extras, extras kind of thing? Or is this like you're couriering for like one specific person? Here's a note for you to know something. You know, I think it's all in the way that the, the lady frames it. If she wants something to be known she'll kind of like tell Jim like, Hey, you should talk about this at Twinkwar tonight or something like that. Versus yeah. if it needs to go to a specific person, she'll like, she'll say like, Oh, um, can you please be a deer and pass this over to, um, um, the, the final tour there. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Good. I like this very much. Can I ask how, how did this start? Because Jim doesn't seem extremely motivated. The lady tips. Ah, uh, uh, there we go. If I can add maybe one one tiny bit to this, uh, if if Jim ever did anything at Twink Bar, maybe prior to the disappearance of uh, Lady Iris Astor Rose's uh, husband in the the accident, uh, maybe maybe there was a little bit of both in very different ways, feeling forlorn about things. Uh, maybe in addition to you know good tips, but I. Maybe there was also a little bit of like, neither one of us can change our situation. We're here, yeah, in different ways. I'm I'm super rich, don't worry about it. But um, maybe like 
tiny bit of like the lady I think might have liked Jim right off the bat for kind of the the depressed side of Jim, as it were. Maybe, yeah, like after the the accident, before she was kind of decided to make the best of her situation, um, Lady Iris was like very um, morose and um, would often like, I don't know, drink alone at the bar and just did not seem happy at all. And Jim's not a mean person. She did see someone in trouble and be like, I guess I'll deal with this. You know, because <laughs> um, she likes to pretend that she's she doesn't care about anything, but really she doesn't have anything to care about. Uh, oh, oh boy! I want to give Jim a hug now. <laughs> so, so Lady Iris, your husband disappeared in the accident. I was imagining he disappeared at before the at the same. Ah. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Um, okay. I think uh, mine's going to Fisher. Here's what I'm thinking. Maybe both of us just know what's in the sealed room or the sealed deck. But we, we haven't told anyone. Maybe we don't have to specify what that is until it becomes relevant. It creates this very like mutually assured destruction situation. So I think my question about the room then would be both why does this matter slash like why hasn't this information come to light and like what would that make us? Uh, so what I wanted originally was something that Fisher would have on the lady in part. The alternatives to, I, I mean, you could stick with something along those lines. Alternatively, it could be something that we both think would be bad for our interests on the ship or for the ship on the whole. And so we don't want to tell, perhaps for panic reasons, perhaps for other reasons. I am contemplating this. I do like it. I think there's then, like, there's, like, this perfectly even split, like, 50-50 of whether they consider each other, like, co-conspirators of a sort of, like, are we aligned? Not necessarily, but neither of us want this to happen. Uh, or if if either or both of them are going like, look, I think I can rely on the fact that you don't want this information getting out to keep you from from saying anything, but like, I don't really trust you to not do that. Yeah, I mean, I... I think I like more towards the second, if we are going that route. Um, I, I mean, co-conspirators is fine, but I, I feel like the... I, I think I like the idea of someone else for once having something uh, that is keeping the lady in line. So then, I have, I think, an additional question. Mm -hmm. Have we then sought deliberately that mutually assured destruction information? Or are we seeking it? It could be fun to play out the are we seeking it. Um, which is what makes me immediately like that, as opposed to just like, oh, we already have it. Um, which is fine, but doesn't doesn't move anything. Yes, this gives us this gives us room to move. Okay. Um, yeah, so with that maybe Okay, so we, we both know the contents of the sealed room. Yes. And have an interest in in that information not getting out. Yes. 
but we don't trust one another and are seeking are seeking blackmail information. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I like that better. Okay, so that's all of our bonds. Is that it? Yes. Yes. We might want to decide who is coming up with our first crossroads. I'm going to suggest somebody who has already played the game once before. Hmm. Well, I'm going to suggest that it's not me. Uh, <laughs> this is because I find... This is this is partially because I find Jack's crossroads insightful and interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, and partly because I don't want to do it. The crossroads sh- should be something that is, like, a problem that is approaching. Um, and it's phrased in terms of, like, will the kingdom do X and then it's yes or no. I like the idea of like, will the kingdom begin rationing supplies? I think we should start with rationing supplies because I think it can lead into deeper issues. Will our wacky cast of passengers and crew be able to solve their problems? Will Delight Starlight ever finish his magnum opus? And more importantly, when can we hang out in Twink Bar? Join us for episode two to hear our actual play session of Kingdom.